Hello, you are listening to Radio Maria, and this is Father Toby with your word for today on this, the 13th of October and the Feast of St. Edward the Confessor. And I want to begin with the uh, reading from um, today's gospel, um, very familiar um, to us. Um, it's the Beatitudes, and it's taken um, today from, uh, sorry, I'm just scrolling to to get to from Matthew chapter 5. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up the hill. There he sat down and was joined by his disciples. Then he began to speak. This is what he taught them. How happy are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy the gentle. They shall have the earth for their heritage. Happy those who mourn. They shall be comforted. Happy those who hunger and thirst for what is right, they shall be satisfied. Happy the merciful, they shall have mercy shown them. Happy the pure in heart, they shall see God. Happy the peacemakers, they shall be called sons of God. Happy those who are persecuted in the cause of right, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are you when people abuse you and persecute you, and speak all kinds of calumny against you on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Uh, One of the things that slightly surprised me um, when I went to live in Rome um, and uh, got to uh, worship every day in the beautiful church of San Clemente was that uh, there was a beautiful um, altar raised um, on high uh, above the choir and underneath it uh, were the sort of uh, the re- the relics of uh, of um, Pope Saint Clement, um, and also uh, some relics of Saint Ignatius of Antioch, and this was referred to as a as a confessio, and I I thought that something if something I would have presumed that if something was going to be called a confessio, um, that would have been the Italian word for uh, for for the the confessional, but rather the sort of the confessio. Is where um, in the uh, in the churches in, in Rome and in other parts of the of the world is where the uh, the the body or other relics of a of a martyr are sort of interred normally underneath the uh, underneath the high altar and often in a place where you can walk down as you can in uh, St Peter's in in Rome or in St Paul's where you can w- walk down and uh, and pray before those pray before those those relics seeking the intercession of that saint and it's called a a, a confessio because the the title the the confessor um was initially linked with martyrdom um the idea being that a that a martyr is one who has died for a confession of the faith who has died rather than that rather than renounce the faith so the title confessor was first given to those um who had uh Who'd um, sort of died for, died for the faith, um, and uh, not exclusive. Not sorry, I've got this the wrong way around. So the title, like we often given the professor of the faith to a martyr, but it's not exclusively um, martyrs who we give this title to, but also those who'd uh, suffered for the sake of the faith, or um, as over time, um, those who had lived the faith in a in a heroic uh, in a heroic way who displayed displayed heroic virtue in their lives and that's the way we give the title to saint edward the confessor um who was the last of the anglo-saxon kings and who uh, didn't die a martyr 
but was renowned for his uh, holiness, his piety, his generosity to the to the poor, and just how loved he was by his um, subjects. And actually, it was his death that gave um, rise to the to the power vacuum that led to the Norman conquest in 1066, um, and uh, the Battle of Hastings um, uh, occurred um, on the 14th of October um, at Hastings. Funnily enough. Uh, where the troops of Harold Hardrada um, were defeated by William the Conqueror. In some ways, that's the the start of um, of Britain as we know it as we know it today. Um, but one of the great things about living in London is that you can uh, you can visit the tomb of Saint Edward the Confessor in Westminster Abbey, and you can also go to the Tower of London, um, which William the Conqueror began to build in uh, in 1066. Um, Having mentioned the uh, the name confessor in a in a in a way that perhaps we don't normally associate it with, you know, outside of the sacrament of confession, um, we might think about another unusual word in our gospel today, um, which is the word happy, used to describe, amongst other things, those who mourn, those who are persecuted, those who suffer on account of the Lord's name, and it's important to say. It's okay to find the Beatitudes challenging because they're radical. They're the Christian manifesto. The Ten Commandments, we can look at those and see without any real need for religious faith why they could be essential to human flourishing. You know, think of a society where murder and theft and adultery are widespread. There can be no flourishing in those conditions. And that's why they're sometimes described as being a statement of the natural law. Um, that is, that the people of uh, of you know good good faith who seek to use their use their reason to to reason how to live well could come to as conclusions to the same moral content as contained in the ten commandments but nobody i think could sit down and come up with the beatitudes by themselves um and see this as good happy those who hunger and thirst for what is right happy the merciful happy the pure in heart happy the peacemakers happy those who mourn to see the goodness of the Beatitudes, I think, requires a conversion of the heart. And to live the Beatitudes requires, um, you know, a real conviction and, and trust in God. And conversion is absolutely central to the Christian life. The Gospels are full of calls to conversion, to leave old ways behind and to follow a new way. Um, but it takes a, a trust um, to do that, because Christ calls us to embrace him and his cross. And God's lavish mercy is limitless, but it does not come without the cost of permanent and painful changes in life. The feel-good faith which can be preached, or the purely therapeutic faith, tends to promise us paradise with no cross. But like the promises of Satan, that's an empty promise. Um, and it's hard to sort of argue somebody um, into uh, into believing in the goodness of the of the beatitudes. Rather, somebody has to take a, an an experiential step. Somebody has to be prepared to uh, to renounce um, something which maybe they enjoy, something which they find good for the sake of something greater, namely the the kingdom of heaven. But we can look around us, and we can look at the the happiness of contemporary society and 
those who in their wisdom of the last five seconds rather than the wisdom of the ages have rejected everything um, which came before them, everything which people used to think constituted the good human life. And we can look at what has happened with that and see that young people are now tragically 50% of them are reporting mental issues, mental health issues. When it gets to those numbers, mental health has become a, a social problem and not just an individual problem. And there's no shame in having a mental health issue and it can take bravery to admit that. But those numbers point to a problem in society, not just in an individual. And contemporary Western society has cast aside Jesus and the Beatitudes and promised instead that making your own meaning, you'll be happy and liberated. But this seems to me to have led to anger, despair, and a sense of being trapped. And the Beatitudes are not saying that riches are bad, but rather renunciation of something good for the, son for the sake of something greater is part of the pattern of Christian life. The Christian life is ultimately the renunciation of my will, my fallen will, for the sake of God's will, and the trust that this will lead to my happiness, not end it. But we have lost that trust largely as a society. We tend to have followed Nietzsche, who thought that Christianity made us wretched, pathetic and weak, forgiving our oppressors, and that what instead we need to do was to assert our individual will, to assert our moral um, autonomy. Um, and into that, I think... Um, especially after this time in Medjugorje, focusing on the life of Mary, um, you know, comes Mary in a true Marian spirituality. And so I want to want to finish with a, a little quote from a, a book by a Franciscan father, Madrinko Sakota, called In the School of the Queen of Peace. And he writes, The prayer so closely associated with Mary is called the Rosary, but we should not think that her life was rosy. She experienced plenty of trials and doubts, but because she was full of grace, full of God's love, she was able to stand firm through it all. Love and trust filled her heart so that no negative feeling could find a permanent place in her. Despite many difficulties and a lack of clarity, Mary is full of trust in God and open to the truth that she seeks and listens to with her heart. When she says, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord, let it be done unto me according to thy word, Mary seems to be saying, I do not know, Lord, that I believe that you know. Let it not be as I want according to my will, but as you want according to your word. Because of this, she was able to accept whatever God asked of her. Let's now listen to, uh, fittingly for today's gospel, the uh, Beatitudes, um, sung by Jay Stocker. Blessed are those who mourn 
Blessed.